Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 37 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today I'm joined by Greg Gould, COO of Dexio Protocol, and we're going to be talking about how we can use gaming to promote interest in crypto. So welcome, Greg. Thanks for taking your time and joining me today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Great. Let's jump right in. I want to know about your background and what brought you into crypto and kind of what led you to where you are. Sure. Um, so uh, I'm an American, obviously, um, and uh, uh, my background is mostly in, in business management. So I've actually owned my own businesses uh, in varying capacities since I was 19. I started my own little sound engineering company when I was 19 and uh, was like running live sound on, on Ohio State campus for, for the local music scene. Um, and uh, being very wild at 19. Um, but um, uh, uh, so I've and I've done a whole bunch of stuff in the music business and in, in the um, uh, the bar and, and restaurant industry. That's kind of really my forte prior to crypto. Um, but I, I would describe myself as an operator. I, I'm that's what I'm good at doing. I'm, I'm good at, um, you know, figuring out how to make things work and, you know, bringing teams of people together and kind of um, letting people loose. I, I operate under the the general principle that it's better to let people make their own mistakes and learn from them than try to micromanage people. So I kind of just set people loose and let them do what they're going to do. And then, you know, hopefully we can have some synergy and collaboration from there. Um, so uh, I, I currently own a couple of businesses. I own a, uh, a, a remodeling construction company and I own a music lesson uh, business here in, in central Ohio where I live. Um, I've had that music lesson business for 15 years now. Um, and so, and I've done a bunch of other stuff, as I've said. So I got into crypto, actually the first investment I made into crypto was in, I think it was in 2017. It may have been in 2018. Um, I can't remember the exact timeline, but a friend of mine, uh, was talking to me about Bitcoin and, and, you know, the whole kind of cycle and, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, was really excited about in particular Bitcoin, but, um, you know, just in general, and there was all the ICO stuff going on and, um, and, uh, you know, I was like, do you want to invest? And I said, sure. And so I gave her $5,000. And um, I think maybe four months later, she called me up and said she cashed out. And um, I, and she gave me almost $10,000 back. I don't remember what the exact number was, but it was almost doubling my money. Um, and, it, and it may have been like a five or six month time period. Again, I don't remember the exact timeline of all of this, but um, so that was my first dip in, and I was just like, oh, not you know, bad, cool. not bad for a first dip. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and to be totally honest, I'd sort of half forgotten about it, at, you know, because I was so busy <laughs> at that point with other things going on that I'm sure I, you know, it was something I totally forgot. Like I'm not that, you know, insensitive to money, but I just was like, when she called me up, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, and then of course everything happened with, with, you know, the, the whole crypto cycle, um, the, the crypto winter of that time period, not, not the current one. So, um, but, uh, I kind of wasn't really paying attention, um, to the space very much. And then. Uh, in, I think about mid 2020, um, or maybe early 2020, um, around the time that there was the dramatic, you know, COVID crash and all that stuff. Um, a, my cousin who, uh, has been involved in tech in, in the Bay area for a long time and her husband were like talking to me a bunch about crypto and about the space and about all the technology and especially about NFTs and, and how NFTs could, um, you know, change the way that we interact, uh, in terms of 
permission, right? They, you know, that the, the concept of NFTs being used as a, not just for, you know, JPEG art or whatever is, is the mm-hmm. kind of, but actually being used <laughs> for some active, uh, you know, access pass. And that, that sort of, that idea was first really spawning at that time period. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. So I started a really big into it um, and started in, you know, playing around investing Coinbase account, you know, Binance.us account. Um, and I stumbled into Dexio Protocol actually in part by accident. I was on a, somebody sent me a link to a Crypto Moonshots post for another um, Reddit post for another project that was describing Pokemon Go for crypto. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. Um, and so I ended up in their Telegram chat and Don Rika, who's the founder of Dexio Protocol, who's now my business partner, got into the chat and started messaging people. Hey, these guys have copied our website. They're copying all of our stuff. This is probably a rug pull. You need to be careful. Just do, you know, do your own research. And so, of course, I did. And then I realized that they had done that. And then I, him and I started talking. Of course, that project did end up rugging. Um, I never invested in it. Um, so he kind of saved me the rug. Yeah, thank you. Well, we've all probably been rugged before. But the, um, the um, um, I mean, I had a lot of money in Luna. Um, uh, uh, but anyway, so um, I don't know if that's a rug pull, but sort of. Anyhow, so th- that's a different conversation. But so uh, we started talking and, you know, he asked me to come on board as, you know, on the team. And then we started talking more and eventually uh, I invested quite a bit of money in, into the to the project and became the co-owner of the project. So that's how the whole thing started. Cool. All right. And still... Uh, Positive oh, mean, feelings about it for now? Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I have super positive feelings about what we're doing in the space. And I think most people who, you know, are interested in the technology side of it and interested on the in the ways in which crypto and blockchain in particular, I think NFTs, as I said, but blockchain in general can disrupt uh, many different industries and the you know incredible impact that that the technology can actually have on lots of different things that we do from record keeping to as i said uh you know uh access right um mm-hmm, there's the mm-hmm. whole idea of soulbound nfts which i think is a very interesting concept that um you know will help us to carry information that's private to us and and unique to us around with us right um without it being accessible by somebody else unless we want to let them that's a big privacy thing right so um, you know, so the, there's a lot and there's, you know, all kinds of implications in real estate and finance and all kinds of stuff. Right. So, uh, you know, I kind of liken the period that we're in right now to, um, and I've, I've been doing this for a while, so it's kind of growing, but you know, to the, to the, you know, phases of the internet, I, you know, you look pretty young, so I don't know, you know, what your experiences <laughs> were with the internet, but, um, in 1995, I had my first apartment in college and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a kid I had gone to high school with had somehow convinced his father to give him enough money to start up an internet startup company. And he had come over to my house to install my internet at my first apartment in 1995 and was like elated that he was installing this 14.4 router, dial-up router. Like he was like, dude, it's so fast. I mean, you think about that, right? (laughs) So, um, You know, he had enough vision to see what the internet was going to be, but like other people, like even, you know, major economic figures like Paul Krugman uh, were saying things like the internet's going to go the way of the fax machine, which I don't know how you could be that horribly wrong about anything like that and anybody ever listen to you ever again, you know? I mean, even I understood it, you know, and I think he said that in 98, even, you know, I being, you know, in the bar business and not really paying attention to very much, even, you know, 
all of us were like, this internet thing is that this is legit, you know, it's going to be big. Yeah. It changed the way that we interact in the world. Right. I mean, it already was at that point, you know, and, and of course, you know, people, especially those in power are averse to change because change often means that they don't get to keep their power. (laughs) So, um, you know, uh, they, they like the status quo and that wasn't status quo. And that's what's happening with crypto. Right. Um, but the, the, so I, I feel like it's a, it's a similar kind of phenomenon. You know, one of the, you know, great analogies that I've, or great descriptions of the, you know, development of, of, you know, into crypto that in the development of the internet and web technology, web one was like consumption, right? We were consuming information and web two was creation. We were like making digital profiles. We were making Facebook pages and posting pictures and making YouTube channels. And we were creating and web three is about control. It's about ownership, right? It's about having an, you know, actual control over your own digital assets, you know, and there being, um, you know, recognition of that, um, that context and space. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's a pretty big, you know, step and also a pretty big problem for powerful people and institutions. Right. It doesn't, that, 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 you know, people having control of their own stuff is not something that those with control really like to give up. Right. So that's what we're experiencing, right. We're experiencing this big pushback from, but you do have major institutions and major institutional figures who, you know, realize what it is and that you can't stop technology. And rather than reacting to it, they're trying to be proactive about it. So like Chase has built their own super blockchain infrastructure. They just haven't done really much with it yet because they're kind of waiting to see how the regulations play out. There's major institutional capital obviously getting involved in different exchanges. Coinbase is a publicly traded company. So there, there is this movement in that direction. And we're going to start to, I think, see, you know, you've got people like Kathy Woods, who's, you know, scary on a lot of levels, but anyways, is, is very smart and, um, you know, uh, is definitely forward thinking, you know, that the ETFs, there's, you know, where they're trying to create investment vehicles for institutional capital to get in. But the thing is, is that the space desperately needs, and this is like way outside of the realm of whatever we're supposed to be talking about. I'm sorry, I get going. But <laughs> it's all right. You just uh, go for it. <laughs> the, um, the space desperately needs uh, regulation. And you're not going to hear a lot of people in my position, you know, probably say that, you know, being part of the, the decentralized movement, right? Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that the, the space is like wild west right it's like there's just total insanity happening all the time like every day you're reading about another you know person or you know group of people doing just completely heinous things right and um because they can and you know um in any profitable capital structure capital will always flow to the place where it will grow the easiest and the fastest right um and so that that's just a natural function of capitalism that's the way that it works um and I'm not saying that that's bad and I'm not making an argument against that. I'm just saying that, that that's a truth. And, um, what that does when you have capital moving very fast in in a direction where it's growing very fast, that you have sociopaths <laughs> and mm. predators just mm. converge on it because that's what, you know, and if you don't have measures in place to protect regular people from those people, they're going to take advantage of the situation. And that is yeah. what is, you know, unquestionably happened throughout the space. So we need regulation. And in part, we need regulation because we do need the institutional capital. I mean, so the ATH of the, of the whole crypto market was like three plus trillion, right? That sounds like a lot. And it is. It's one eighth of, or, you know, not quite one eighth of U.S. GDP, and it's like, you know, not even remotely close to any percentage that I'm 
want to discuss in terms of global GDP, right? It's a pretty small thing. And if you want that to grow and to actually become adopted and become, uh, you know, a part of mainstream uh, life, you're going to need institutional capital to get in it. And the thing that institutional capital desperately needs and, and has to have because of their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders is uh, the ability to predict and, and run risk models, right? Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. don't have rules in place, you can't do risk models. And if you can't do risk models, then, you know, fidelity and, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, CalPERS, they can't put their money there. And we need that. And we need that, that, you know, so that's kind of where the space is at. So you asked me, is it still good? Yeah, it's great. And it's great for Dexio Protocol. We love what we're doing. And we're super excited about our mission of adoption, utility and sustainability. We devoutly believe in that. And we'll get into why, how we're, what we're doing is, is going to help promote that. But um, you know, the space is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, as you said, that's a bit more of a direction than I really meant to go, but that's totally fair. I really appreciate the answer. Definitely. That was, I mean, very interesting. I think you'd be surprised how many people I do have on the podcast that completely agree with you though, Oh yeah. that it is, it is definitely a wild west and, and most people who want to see the space grow and develop agree that we need we need rules <laughs> right so yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. i think that's true anybody who doesn't think that who's like not anybody but <laughs> you know, I, I interact with you know maxis and, and crypto anarchists right that i'm just like they're like you know bitcoins world currency and it's like uh, okay like that maybe but not anytime soon and so like we need to deal with reality and reality is there are fiat revenue and, 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 you know, there are fiat structures in place that you can't get around and you're not going to get around. And the fact of the matter is that most people who are buying and selling Bitcoin are off ramping that for fiat. It, it just, that's reality. So we, we have to deal with, we have to deal with things as they are, not as we want them to be. Right. Um, so, uh, I think most people, who are in the space that are thinking clearly about the future of it are, are probably saying all the same things. So, yeah. 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 No, good. It's good to hear people agree sometimes. <laughs> I feel like it doesn't happen a lot these days. So, um, good. But I do want to give you a chance to talk about Dexio protocol. Tell us what it is, what you guys are building, that kind of thing. Sure. So, um, we, we like to think of ourselves as a gaming company. Okay. Um, why are, why are we a gaming company and and what does that mean? Um, all throughout human history, people have played games, um, in order to connect, adopt new ideas, um, and, um, you know, relate to one another, right? We play games in, you know, in grade school to learn, right? We, we, we make things and, and what that does is it disarms us against the thing that we're learning about because it's fun, right? Um, sitting a child down and being like, you know, you need to do your ABCs, you know, that doesn't really work. But if you like sing a song and make it a fun thing and talk about, you know, animals or whatever, you know, it, they're going to engage that. Right. And even as adults, you know, in corporate retreats and in office, um, you know, team building exercises, we play games. Mm -hmm. That's how we connect with each other and learn. So, um, we're very focused on adoption, and, you know, of 
crypto NFT and blockchain technology. Not that those things are any, you know, they are somewhat different from one another and that they need to be talked about, I think, together, but but separately at times. And, um, you know, the utility of crypto itself, right? Because you don't need, you, you, you have to have crypto, um, you have to have a blockchain to have crypto, but you don't mm-hmm. have to have crypto to have a blockchain. And mm-hmm. that's something people don't, like, can't, work around you know so a lot of people in the space it's just like they're connected and, and inseparable like nah, you can have a blockchain without crypto you can have a permissioned network that you know works like a blockchain and it functions all the same way and you don't need crypto so mm-hmm. um but you know we want to create utility for our token because we're trying to create a financial you know a uh, an ecosystem that um, allows us to prosper right and so we need that portion mm-hmm. of that right and then the sustainability factor, which I'll get into in a second. So we like to think of ourselves as a gaming company, and our message is we're a gaming company that uses crypto, blockchain, and NFT technology to enhance user experience mm-hmm. and bridge the gap between traditional enterprise and the Web3 revolution. So that's how we think of ourselves. Um, and so, you know, in the GameFi gaming space, right, um, the, main, <laughs> the the thing you you – the, the, the truth that is spoken that you'll hear that, you know, is like this, you know, is almost sort of a Socratic truth. You don't make a game fun by shoving crypto into it. That doesn't make the game fun. And yeah. <laughs> people don't play games unless they're fun. <laughs> that doesn't, and if somebody's playing a game that isn't fun, then they have some other sort of reward factor in there, which is what the P2E phenomenon has been, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, which is obviously like on totally berserk, just like the DeFi phenomenon went totally berserk, right? Again, Wild West, right? So money will always flow to mm-hmm. grow the fastest and, and easiest, right? So, um, but we need to make fun games and get people playing the games. And we can't, um, you know, we we have a challenge in front of us. Traditional gamers and self-identified gamers, um, as a, you know, extreme majority of them, are skeptical, if not outright hostile, towards NFT gaming. Um, And for good reason. Most NFT gaming is garbage. It is. Um, And it's like all this P2E stuff, and all the people that are playing the game are super concerned about making money from it and cashing out the token. And, you know, so mm-hmm. you have this kind of faucet effect where people are coming in because they're being rewarded for, for, for playing the game at first and they're go- going out as soon as they get whatever it is that they want from it. And they're, you know, you don't have, you know, gamers, right? So mm-hmm. the gamers aren't playing the game. So we said, you know what, we're going to hire game guys that hate crypto and have them build our games. Um, not hate crypto, but anyways, don't know anything yeah. about it. And they're skeptical <laughs> of it. Right. And we're going to, first of all, we're going to, our mission is going to be to convince them that this is a good thing. And then also get them to make games that are really fun that we can, you know, add crypto and blockchain and NFT technology into in a way that is disarming. How do you do that? You do that by building games that people can play without a digital wallet, right? All of our games you can play. You don't need a wallet. You don't need crypto. There are non-blockchain assets. There's a non-blockchain in-game currency, just like every other gaming ecosystem that exists out there, like Roblox and Robux and everything. You know, the same the same thing. We're not reinventing the wheel there. You can play the games. There's non-blockchain assets. You can buy those non-blockchain assets with an in-game currency that you can buy or earn in the game, just like you can in every other gaming ecosystem. But we have the added component of the NFTs. And the NFTs are also gaming assets that have different attributes to them. And those attributes actually are things that can grow over time. So what does that mean? That means that 
we mint the NFTs with certain parameters of attributes. And those parameters of attributes are tied to the back end of our gaming system, of our, of our servers. And um, information is, is tracked against that NFT in the back end of our system that allows the NFT to upgrade over time. So mm-hmm. for example, in one of our games, Dexy Knights, if you buy an NFT sword, that sword has, is not very strong when you get it. And the more kills you get with it and the more time you play with it, the stronger and stronger and stronger it gets. Um, and so, you know, but you don't have to have uh, uh, an NFT weapon if you don't want to, and you can still be pretty competitive. So mm-hmm. it's not a pay to win system. It's just here is this other thing that you can also do and you don't have to, if you don't want to, but here it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we also have developed a, um, an integrated login system using a, 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 a protocol called Auth.o, which you may be familiar with. Um, it's just a security, securitization of, of login process. So people create an Auth.o account, what we call a, a Dexy account. Mm-hmm. And that account allows them to log into all of the, our different applications um, from mm-hmm. a single point. So they're able to share assets and share that in-game currency share information from one game to another one. So we're able to tie the games together. So mm-hmm. the the game that people are probably the most excited about, I don't really like to call a game, I like to call it an experience because it is, um, is what we call Dexy Hunter, which for lack of a better description and something that I don't like, but anyways, helps people understand because that's one of the ways that we learn is and understand things is by relating it to something else we already know, right? People often refer to it as Pokemon Go for crypto. But they call it that only because we're using augmented reality um, and you're running around and you're hunting stuff, right? So like you like you would in Pokemon Go. The difference is, is mm-hmm. that in, in Dexy Hunter, the thing that you're collecting, the things that you're collecting can range in, in all different types of assets. So we have non-blockchain gaming assets people can collect. We have NFTs, obviously, that people can collect. Crypto from a bunch of different projects, BTC, ETH, Polygon, all kinds of stuff. Um uh, BNB, Crow, all kinds of things in there. Um, and then, of course, our own token um, and, and other tokens from other projects we partner with. And then also um, that in-game currency I talked about, the, the non-blockchain mm-hmm. in-game currency can be collected. But also business vouchers. And this is where mm-hmm. we get to sustainability. So we, look, as you said, if you talk to people in the space, almost everybody that's thoughtful is saying the same thing. As a business person, I look at crypto and the first question I ask about every project is, where is the money? Where's the money? Mm-hmm. If the money is coming from new retail traders pouring in and you're cashing out on them, that's the definition of a Ponzi scheme. Okay, so if that's where your money is coming from, that's not a business. Okay, that mm-hmm. that's a scam. Um, if your money is coming from investment capital, from you know venture capitalists who see the the you know long-term vision of what you're trying to do, but you're not generating any kind of revenue and you have no revenue models in place, that's not going to work. You have to have money coming in. We live in a fiat world, whether we like it or not. Right. Um, and again, I'm not making any statement one way or another about that. I'm not, I'm not making a political statement about it. I'm just saying that's reality. <laughs> so, um, so we are partnering with businesses to allow them to drop their coupons, QR codes, vouchers in the application. Mm-hmm. They have all kinds of animation and, you know, it makes it fun, mm-hmm. right? And then they can redeem those. And, and of course, they're, they're paying us a pretty small fee to be able to do that, right? Um, we have some other business uh, model mechanics worked into this and revenue generation streams from um, 
uh, in-app purchases and, and something we call uh, reward redemptions, which allow people to actually redeem their crypto, their blockchain assets and have them sent to them. So I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that, but we have a bunch of revenue models in place for both fiat revenue streams, crypto revenue streams, right? We're minting NFTs and selling to the people for the gaming assets. So we have crypto coming back in. Our marketplace is able to read and um, utilize any contract address that we want to add into it, right? So any NFT contract address. So our own, of course, we use that, but we can mm-hmm. mint NFTs in USDC or USDT or in some other crypto projects, um, uh, contract address. We can migrate other crypto NFTs into our um, marketplace. So if there's a gaming project that, you know, wants to um, partner with us, we can actually migrate mm-hmm. their NFTs into our system if we want to. Um, so, uh, you know, we have a bunch of, again, fiat revenue streams, you know, crypto revenue streams, and then the advertising and marketing portion of this, which is uh, in, in, the, in the augmented reality space is huge. Once you use augmented reality technology, the entire world becomes your real estate. Because you're not restricted in any way from putting things in augmented reality. It's an augmented reality. It's on their phone, you know, tied to a server somewhere. Like it's not, it's not in, you know, we're not putting things in the real world, right? So we're not infringing on anybody's private property. So um, you know, I kind of jokingly say it's kind of like, you know, free guy on your phone, right? The movie Free Guy with, you know, the glasses and then everything pops up. But it literally can be like that in augmented reality. Um, and you know, so now we have ad space everywhere. We can sell advertising space. We can go to Nike and say, do you guys want to put a big Nike banner in augmented reality on the front of the Adidas store in New York? You know, we wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we would, maybe we'd go to Adidas after and be like, Nike is playing. No, I'm just kidding. And so, uh, <laughs> But, um, but, you know, we have the opportunity to sell advertising space because once you have yeah. the eyeballs, right, that's what, that's what ad space is. You're paying mm-hmm. for eyeballs, right? That's what every advertiser is, is, is paying for. You're paying for people's attention. And if you can get people's attention, you're playing a fun game that's a great experience and is rewarding and integrated with these other games, you get a bunch of people playing the game, you're going to have eyeballs on it and you can sell that. that. So that there you have another revenue model, right? So again, adoption, utility, sustainability, that's our focus. Um, and, and we're, we, we want to get there in a rational way, not by, you know, everything's got to be decentralized and like, you know, you know, first of all, the, the notion of decentralization is people think that they understand it is not real. There is the, mm-hmm. that's not really happening the way that people think it is. Um, like for example, a decentralized exchange that many people use called PancakeSwap, mm-hmm. uh, right in the middle of that sucker is a... Binance hot wallet that if Binance at any time wanted to stop access to that hot wallet, wanted to close that hot wallet, all of PancakeSwap would shut down. So a corporation has the ability to shut down one of the largest decentralized exchanges that there are simply by closing a single wallet. So that's not decentralization. That's like the definition of centralization. So we, 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 we believe in, in decentralization to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but again, as it applies in the real world. So we, we mm-hmm. need to have, um, you know, measures in place that prevent bad actors from doing things. And so there has to be some kind of democratization of, a, of the processes, but it, you know, you have to live in the real world. Mm-hmm. Fair. 
Fair enough. I want to go back to something that you said kind of in the middle there, actually, which is about hiring game people, game designers to create a game that's enjoyable. With gamers, how do you, you said your first task is to convince them to be a part of it, right? So how do you go about doing that? What would you say or, or how um, bad is the process, I guess? <laughs> no, no, I mean, so, so again, you know, gamers will play games. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they'll do. They, they mm-hmm. don't really have to be convinced of it. Um, they have to be uh, convinced that the game is fun. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're convinced that the game is fun is by playing it and it actually being fun. Right. So, um, which is a tricky thing. It's pretty subjective, you know? Um, and obviously, you know, the gaming industry is, is huge and there's, you know, literally tens of thousands of games being developed every year and very few of them make, you know, make it right. Um, because mm-hmm. they're not fun. Um, the ones that make it are fun to whoever's playing it. I mean, I don't think Roblox is fun, but anyways, my kids do. So, um, uh, you know, different games meet different, you know, people's expectations of what fun is and they're able to engage people in different ways. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. it, that's why we're creating a suite of games, mm-hmm. different games. So we have a desktop hack and slash arcade style sword fighting game. And then we have this augmented reality experience. We have a mobile application we call Dexy Dragons that is, you know, form a team of dragons and hatch your dragons and they fight each other. And it's, you know, it's really cute and fun, you know, kind of that demographic. And, that, and then we have a game that we call Dexy Carnival, which is um, a, sorry, my, my one cat is, is trying to talk over here. <laughs> I was um, wondering uh, if that was a cat. <laughs> it is, it is. I, have two, I have two Bengal cats and they are both very toxic. Um, so the other one's asleep. So, but um, uh, so, um, and we have another game that we call Dexy Carnival, which is like a suite of little mini games like skee ball and um, uh, coin drop and, and uh, claw machine. And, you know, so like, fun little for lack of a better description time wasting you know you're at the dentist's office you know just you know Mm -hmm. but they're fun and it's like they're Mm -hmm. just sort of goofy little so we're trying to engage different people in different ways um and uh again we're letting people do that encouraging them to do that without a wallet without blockchain without crypto just Mm -hmm. games the way that they understand them and then presenting that as an option that they can choose to use or not but like in Dexy Hunter, in our augmented reality application, somebody who you know wants to run around and collect stuff and thinks that it's fun and maybe get some business vouchers, maybe they don't care about crypto or NFTs, but they're probably going to end up collecting some crypto and NFTs, and they're going to be mm-hmm. like, "All right, whatever. This thing has value. I'm going to. What do I need to do now? You know?" Mm-hmm. And they're going to get a wallet and they're going to figure it out. You know, if if we and part of our reward systems inside of our games, we have NFT drops and some crypto stuff going on and tournaments and all kinds of things. If they earn crypto, they're gonna they they're not gonna just be like, forget it, man. I you know, got a hundred dollars worth of this stuff. I don't you know, nobody's gonna say that, mm. right? Um, they're they're going to um they're gonna go, okay, what do I need to do to figure this out? You know? And and we've already disarmed them. They already they already, you know, have a different relationship with us because they're already playing our game and they like it. And so we're not the bad mm-hmm. guy, you know. We're not we're not the, the NFT game, you know. We're not the P two E or whatever it is that you know people associate yeah. it with. We're the project that is doing a fun game, and so they're you know they're, they're disarmed. That's the kind of process. That's what our thinking is, anyways. Obviously, we're we're in like launch phase right now with with all of our stuff, so we we don't know we're we're gonna have to kind of tackle that as we go. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. 
Um, she's <laughs> no, um, perfect. Okay, so how important then is crypto and NFTs in games in order to bring people into the space? Why is that the direction? That so that's a that's a great question, but it, and it goes back to what I sort of initially said, right? Yeah. So, um, if you can get people to interact yeah. with crypto Gamify and blockchain, everything. Yeah, I mean, like that's you know, I, again, I'm not making a you know a, a political statement of any kind, but this is how churches, synagogues, and mosques indoctrinate children. Mm-hmm. That's that's how they do that. All youth ministries and every format they play games and they incorporate their um dogma their ideology into those games Mm -hmm. and it you know uh in a kind of you know osmosis Mm -hmm. becomes a part of that person's experience and integrates into their understanding of the world around them right that's 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 why we that's what games do um Mm -hmm. you know so um i think gaming in particular is going to be a major avenue of adoption. I also think that financial freedom is going to be a major avenue of adoption. It already sort of is, right? That was kind of the first avenue of adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, And also access, right? There's a lot of people in the world, especially in third world countries, who just don't have access to banks and, you know, don't have access to the internet either, which you really need, you know, to be able Mm -hmm. to to transmit things around. But, um, you know, so those two components, right? Financial freedom and gaming are going to be, um, the main way that we bring people into the space in a, in a healthy way, right? Lots of people have gotten involved in crypto for, you know, because they thought they were going to hundred X their money and, you know, whatever, you know, people got into it because of greed, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Huge portion of the space is being driven by greed. And, you know, I, I'm not, again, making any type of ideological or political statement. You know, people can choose to do whatever they want to with their lives, but um, a, a life focused on in a singular purpose of profit doesn't sound very good to me. Um, and it, it doesn't sound like a good mission, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it certainly doesn't encourage, um, you know, widespread adoption because you can't, everybody can't be hundred Xing. That's not the way that that works. Right. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, not possible. Yeah. Okay. Do you think it's a situation of we're going to have one really good game or one really good game platform or setup that really draws everybody in? Or is it, is it a factor of we need a bunch of good games all at the same time coming out of a bunch of places? So that's a really good question. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to kind of liken this to the experience that we've all kind of been through with with chains, right? If you would have asked me two years ago, if I would have, you know, if I thought that there was going to be, you know, 15 or 20 very good chains with very good ecosystems and very good, you know, DEXs and, and, and that there was going to be interoperability between them or tokens and... Um, projects were able to operate, you know, multi-chained. Mm-hmm. If you'd asked me that two years ago, I would have been like, mm, you know, no, I think that probably one, you know, one chain to rule them all. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but that's not what happened. Um, and because technology doesn't really work like that, especially not technology that is decentralized in the sense that anyone can build on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're seeing and is healthy the healthy part of capitalism is 
competition is that through competitiveness, we're seeing, you know, the development of all kinds of very cool aspects of, of different chains and different ecosystems. And so I, I believe that gaming is going to go the same way, you know, where the GameFi space was really dominated by just a few games last year. Um, uh, I think that we're going to see, uh, you know, as a part of adoption, as a part of, of people, um, you know, coming in and wanting to play games that are fun, you're going to see more and more and more projects like ours come up, developing different games that, that engage different people. Like I said, I, I don't find the games that my kids play very fun. I don't even really find the games that my girlfriend plays fun, you know, but there are mm -hmm. games that I find fun, you know, so I think we have to have different games that incorporate crypto, blockchain and NFT technology that engage different types of people in different ways. Not everybody's going to want to walk around and go collect crypto assets in, in Dexy Hunter. Um, some people can't do that. And in fact, we can't even do it in some countries. We're not even, you know, we're not allowed to do it, right? Um, so uh, we need to have different types of games. And I think there's going to be a lot of really good gaming projects. Again, as you said, and I think this is true, people in the space that are actually interested in the technology and the development of the space and can see that it has that disruptive um, uh, system changing value, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Um, are going to continue to work towards adoption, utility, and sustainability because that those, those core ideals are what anybody who's trying to do anything that is worthwhile are going to be thinking about, right. And they're going to be focused on how do mm -hmm. I get people in? How do I make sure that there's, you know, a reason for me to be here, <laughs> You know, and how do I maintain this? You know, how do we maintain this together? Um, and I think you're going to see interoperability between games. NFT technology mm -hmm. has come a really long way and it's pretty slick what you can do. And like we can, if another gaming project that had, you know, 100,000 users was like, we love your game, but we don't want to make our, our, all of our NFT holders buy new NFTs. We could say, okay, and we could add their NFTs into our game. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know it's not yeah, that yeah. it's not even that hard um, you know <laughs> um, so it's like okay now you have all these people that have these gaming assets that maybe they're getting bored with or losing their value or they don't have the utility of the game you know whatever they can take those that those assets control they have digital ownership they own those things and now they can mm -hmm. take that and they can do something else with it maybe they can't sell it back into the ecosystem for a profit or maybe they can't get their their uh, initial investment back. Maybe they're underwater on it. Well, they can go and put it inside of another system and maybe do something with it there, right? That's the beauty of this whole thing is this interoperability, mm -hmm. right? It's 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 like, it's kind of like mind blowing, like, oh my God, you know, people own these things. They're losing value. They're underwater on them. Why don't we try to give them some way to bring value back to them? And we can do mm -hmm. that, you know? Um, you know, it's a, I mean, can you do that with an old car that's breaking down? Like you sell it to a junkyard and maybe they take the parts apart and they maybe they go into different parts or whatever, but you can't like breathe totally new life back into that thing without investing a huge amount of money into it. Right. Mm -hmm. This is a way for people to be able to breathe life back into their digital assets, the ownership of those, those digital creations that I think is going to change the whole game. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's people there, the gamers, once they realize what this is, are going to realize I want to have control over my, I don't want to spend $5,000 a year on league of legends to like, mm -hmm five years from now and not be able to do anything with all this money. If I'm putting money into this, I want it to be able to do something for me. You know, if I'm mm -hmm, putting my mm -hmm. time into this, I want it to be able to have positive consequences.
So I think, you know, to answer your question, I think we're going to see a lot of really cool gaming projects making a lot of really cool games that engage people in different ways. You're going to see a lot of trash come out too. And, you know, Ponzi schemes and just, you know, replicated nonsense. You know, as soon as like step and hit, there was like 50 different ridiculous move to earn. I mean, there was like sex to earn. (laughs) It's just like, you know, it's like, like, oh boy. Yeah. Like we, we have a name for that. It's called prostitution. Um, you know, (laughs) it it just, it was like, it's like the, you know, with the DeFi and the rebase movement, you know, you're seeing advertisers like 308,000 APR. You're like, does anybody believe that? Yeah. <laughs> Looney Tunes, you know? So, but you are going to have that happen to the game space. It's already happening to the game space um, to some degree. But I think what will, you know, cream rises to the top. Yeah. The good stuff will, will rise to the top. With, I want to go into that interoperability with kind of everything you just said there. So do you foresee any, any risks with interoperability considering there are going to be those, really good projects and also some not so good projects. Right. So um, the, the risk in all of this, you know, really comes down to bad actors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not um, hard to see how technology that creates um, an opportunity to do something that you were not able to do before or to do something that you were doing before much more efficiently is going to, attract bad actors right Mm -hmm. um and so that's where the decentralization process to me becomes really interesting and the 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 democratization of the process and the way that that has to be done is is in the crypto space as far as i can see it is through decentralized autonomous organizations right Mm -hmm. um and so one of the things we're doing is we're we're building out and creating our own DAO and with a governance token um so that we can democratize and decentralize uh, not because we think we're bad actors, but because there's also trust, right? Mm-hmm, we want mm-hmm. people to trust and, and, and people have, uh, you know, intuitive faith in, in democratic processes, right? Um, Mark Twain might argue that that maybe isn't the best idea, but, um, uh, well, he said, if you find yourself on the side of the majority, you're probably wrong. Um, I think I'm paraphrasing that, but anyways, it basically said that, which is sometimes true, right? Mob mentality is not necessarily good, but in a, in a, in an organized way, democratization of the process can really help to prevent bad actors. Um, and, and regulations, right? We, what we talked about in the beginning, um, you know, having clear rules with clear, um, consequences to violating those rules, uh, is going to help to prevent bad actors from being able to act with impunity, they're still going to be there doing things, but they're not going to be able to act with impunity like they can now. So um, the interoperability is is something that is with, you know, everything is can can be both good and bad. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so um, it just matters what we do with that. And and I think you have some really brilliant people that are really thinking about, you know, um, how to people you've never heard of, you know, that that in people you have heard of that are thinking about how do we make the space safe for people? You know, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're hooked up with this, some guys from this project called Scrub and the original people that own the project did a bunch of sort of nasty, not nasty, but anyways, they cashed out on, you know, they didn't exactly rug the project, but they, they definitely acted in a way that I wouldn't describe as ethical. And these guys were, had a bunch of money tied up in, in, in their liquidity pools and decided that they were going to take the project over and, and redo it. Right. 
very smart guys thinking about really interesting ways to prevent things like that from happening again, but also to, mm-hmm. um, you know, create really interesting functions for their, um, the DeFi protocol that they're developing. DeFi by itself, DeFi, DeFi as we know it is very broken and, and doesn't work, but they're, that, but, but that concept itself is, is very good. And so we need to have good actors thinking of ways to do good stuff with that and prevent bad actors from acting with impunity. So those guys are doing it. And then people you've heard of, you know, people, I don't know if you've heard of Caitlin Long from Custodia Bank in Wyoming, but she's, you know, super brilliant, um, like, like incredibly brilliant and has a clear vision about what the future of finance and, uh, you know, crypto needs to be. And so we need to take, you know, people like that. We don't need to put them on pedestals. Um, and give them free reign. But we do need to take, you know, the people who are really thinking through these things and bring them together and try to figure out ways that we can make sure that bad actors are not able to act with impunity. Because mm-hmm. in the end, that's all we can do, right? We have to put measures in place to prevent that. Definitely. So on the flip side, what are some things when you look into the future, oper- interoperability for sure, what are some other things that you're looking forward to in the GameFi space? In the GameFi space, I, you know, one of the things I think is going to, um, you know, be incredibly uh, important and interesting is augmented reality and, and yeah. virtual reality, right? So the, the yeah. you know, people talk about the metaverse and I don't, I don't, first of all, think that the people who are talking about it generally understand what they're talking about. And also, generally, I don't understand what I'm talking about, you know, because it's like, I don't know what that means, you know. It's like the people like the metaverse. And you're like, uh, I mean, is it Decentraland? Are we buying real estate? Or like, what are we doing, you know? Um, So uh, it's a hot word, right? The metaverse, you know, it's like, um, but um, augmented reality and virtual reality too, right? but I think augmented reality first. Virtual reality is is going to be weird enough and hard enough for people to accept. Um, augmented reality is something different, right? You know, putting on a headset mm-hmm. and like, you know, being in an office with other people across the world, which is something that like people are doing now. I'm not sure you're going to get widespread adoption of that, right? Um, you know that 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 it feels um, unauthentic, right? Whereas augmented reality, when you're interacting, you know, in augmented reality in the real world around you, you're interacting in the real world. You're just enhancing the real world with technology, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think that's going to be the first step, and we'll get to virtual reality later. I'm not talking about like, um, you know, uh, I can't even think of what that that book and movie was where the whole thing is virtual reality, but. Um, but um, ready player one thank you ready player one um uh i didn't read the book i did see the movie um but you know uh i don't I mean maybe we get to that point i don't know but we're definitely not going to get there before we pass through the augmented reality and that that's the thing i think that is going to be the most interesting you know one of the kind of major crypto twitter figures that i follow is this guy alex becker he may have heard of um and he's extremely smart and very funny um and he's you know definitely um a capitalist to the, to the truest core of him. Um, but he says some very, very, very smart and insightful things. And one of the things that he posted recently was, you know, basically saying that, and this maybe was a negative thing, but anyways, that AR and VR were going to be the next major bubble in crypto and in, in the, the, um, uh, you know, whole kind of, um, uh, well, you know, he's talking about crypto in general, but I think he meant in in the larger kind of investment world because that's kind of the world okay. that he's 
thinking of it coming from. Uh, it's going to be the next major bubble and it's going to make all other bubbles look like tiny little, you know, nothing bubbles because it's going to be so huge. And I think he's right that it's the next major evolution is going to be, mm-hmm. you're going to see a bunch of augmented reality as that technology gets better. I mean, you know, we have geomapping, mm-hmm. right? And actually Pokemon Go did a very good job of helping that whole process, right? Mm-hmm. Um they made you sign a user agreement saying, you know, that they were going to take all of the information that you had collected for them and do things with it, right? So you, you 3D mapped the world, including your best friend's basement with uh, your Pokemon <laughs> Go app. So um, it's true. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, it just is, right? So, um, but it, it's brought that technology very far. And like when we drop bounties, like I can, I can give you beta access to Dexy Hunter right now if you want to, and I can drop a bounty right on your head. <laughs> Like literally, like you give me your your longitude latitude, I pull mm-hmm. up a map, I can see the building that you're in, I can drop a bound and literally can be on your head, you know? So like that's amazing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that yeah. experience that people are going to have in augmented reality out in the real world, interacting with businesses in the real world, uh, you know, interacting in their own home, I think that in, in augmented reality, I think that's the next big thing that I'm probably the most excited about. I'm glad that we're on the forefront of it. I'm glad that we're, we've been thinking about this for a year, that we've built an application that we've seen dozens of other projects talk about building and have been unable to do because it's really hard. It's mm-hmm. super hard to do. It's a very complicated <laughs> thing. Um, you know, so I'm excited to be a part of that. But I think that, you know, when that big money starts to flow in to, to that it's, you know, obviously that's going to accelerate the process. So I'm very excited about that next phase for sure. Good. Um, how would you encourage people to get involved with GameFi and, um, and getting us moving towards those, those goals? I think, you know, for people in the space, I think the most important thing that everybody in the space should be trying to do is, is thinking about adoption, utility, and sustainability Mm -hmm. and whatever, in, in whatever area they're working in, whether it's DeFi mm-hmm. or, you know, if it's, um, you know, on the, 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 you know, marketing side of things, which is a very gross part of crypto. Um, there has been a huge number of very well marketed, very pretty, very saying all the right things. Sure. 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 Doing yeah. jack shit, you know, life right Mm -hmm. and that's a problem because you know uh and and i'm sure that that's true in lots of spaces just in crypto it's like super bad you know um so there's a lot of over promising you know um and i get it like and it may not even be malicious or intentional you know a lot of times like hey we want to you know present ourselves in the best way that we can we're working on all these other things we think we're going to get to the finish line in this amount of time and then they don't because that's not how development works and we've been through that many times i mean i don't know how many launches we we have missed but most of them because mm-hmm. it's just it's hard you know mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. at some point and you're just like oh this is broken you know or like this ain't working yeah. or you know this person you know did this and it's not lining up with this thing you know or you know i mean just all kinds of stuff goes wrong so um but i think that people in the space need to be thinking very critically and very intentionally about adoption utility and sustainability where's the money why are we important and how do we get other people involved you know um <clears throat> and in the GameFi space in particular, I think that the, that the gaming projects that are out there that, you know, are, you know, being led by people who are interested in, in those three missions, you know, mm-hmm. 
need to be thinking first about making games fun. We were at Consensus in, in Austin in, in June as a team. Mm-hmm. And the and that was very GameFi focused um, and NFT focused. There mm-hmm. was other stuff, but it was very focused on that stuff. There was like a whole metaverse room, which again, I don't know what that means. Um, but the, um, uh, well, I'm being honest at least. I'm like, well, the metaverse mm-hmm. is blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. I don't know what people mean by that. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> but there was a lot of talk about gaming and the main message that you would hear there is first of all, the play to earn stuff is broken. You don't mm-hmm. get people playing games because, you know, if you want to sit around and play a game and make money all day, um, that's not, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not making a statement about you know, whatever you want to do with your life. Um, that's not a realistic goal. Um, you're not actually contributing anything of real value to the world. Um, so, you know, you're not, you're not doing anything that has a positive consequence in, in your community. Right. So, um, but we all need to focus on making sure that the games are fun. That that's the, that's the thing. And, and that's what I think the game five space got away from. It was like all about the utility and the token and the earning and the, you know, growing mm-hmm. that, you know, okay, that's cool. And I understand that that's a, that has to be an aspect of what we're doing as crypto projects. Also, we have to, you know, be concerned about our holders. We have a, a not fiduciary, but anyways, we have an ethical responsibility to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to, um, you know, promote the growth of people's bags, but Mm -hmm. we can't do that at the cost of, um, actually having a a realistic mission in what we're doing, which is again, Mm -hmm adoption which the games have to be fun so people in the game space who might listen to this i would say make fun games don't worry about anything else make like think about how do i make a game fun where i want to play it mm-hmm. where my my friends want to play it and then figure out how to make that experience better with nfts and crypto don't think about how do I stick NFTs and crypto in a game and make it integral to it so I can, you know, increase the value of the token that, you know, that might work. And that worked for, mm-hmm. you know, Axie um, for a time anyways, you know, that's a kind of collapse, <laughs> right? But um, I mean, they might find their way out of that, you know, anyways, a lot of smart people and a lot of resources there, but, and I hope that they do, but it is, you know, it's a Ponzi scheme. I mean, it is, it's, you know, the new investors are, paying for the old investors to leave that's yeah. you know so um i would say focus on making fun games and and focus on mm-hmm. on um you know building each other up too you know the the 4.9 percent of the world population is holding crypto okay mm-hmm. um and in western countries uh that are surveyed you know 12 to 13 percent uh, are have at one point or another in the last 12 months held nfts or bought crypto okay that's a incredibly small portion of the population. All right. So the adoption part is, you know, that's going to come with all the utility, the finance side of things, the accessibility, all that stuff. That's going to come as part of this, um, you know, but 75% of U.S. households have one self-identified gamer at least. Let me mm-hmm. repeat that. 75% of U.S. households have at least one self-identified gamer. Okay. Mm-hmm. that's a big audience that we are not tapping into. We need to make fun games. That's yeah. how we're going to get people on board. Yep. Yeah. Fair. 
Let's wrap it up. Unfortunately, I have more questions, but we ran out of time. I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm. <laughs> no, I'm not looking for an apology. It's great. It's really, really interesting. It was honestly really great talking to you. But before I do that, anything to plug? Uh, you know, we're, we're we're going global with Dexy Hunter, our augmented reality application, on September 19th. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that people don't um, know yet is uh, our mini game, our mobile mini game, Dexy Dragons, which. Um, is much further along than we are kind of letting on. Um, uh, well, not anymore. <laughs> now you've told um, us. <laughs> so um, I'm not making any definitive statements about the launch of Dexy Dragons, but that's going to happen pretty quickly too. Um, okay. And so we're really excited about that. Um, so those two things are happening. Um, we didn't talk about our our migration off of BSC. Um, we, we're, we've left the BSC. We actually are not migrating to Kronos. We're going to migrate okay. to Polygon for now, and mm-hmm. we're going to um, go multi-chain and launch across multiple chains. Um, nice. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but we are eventually going to be on Kronos mm-hmm. also. But the truth is that Kronos has a lot of network issues, um, and we were really struggling to make things work right. And we have to have things working right. So, for sure. um, you know, so we, we are launching on Polygon and that, and we go live on Elk Finance, which is a small DEX, which we really like the people from Elk uh, on Friday. So, um, so we're relaunching, we're having our initial DEX offering at, at Elk on Friday. Um, so we're excited about that too. So we're moving to Polygon, we're going to Elk, we're launching our big flagship augmented reality application the following week. We'll be um, relaunching our NFT platform, you know, on, with the new contracts on the new, with the new token. Um, shortly after we we launch on the decks, and then we have the the other mobile game coming out too. So we're we we have a very exciting couple of weeks coming up. Great. Well, congrats on all those things. I look forward to uh, watching what you guys do. Thank you. Um, normally I would ask who we should have on vet next on the expert talks next, but you already gave me a couple people. Would you like to shout out someone specific for? Well, I yeah. If you can, if you um, there's a couple guys from Scrub um, Scrub okay. Money that. Um, uh-huh. And they're they're anonymous, so I don't know how you know. Um, <laughs> um, uh, would be great people to have uh, just from the DeFi space and just the way that they're thinking mm-hmm. about things. Um, you know, I don't know that you're going to get them on video, but you might be able to get you know. Fair uh, enough. <laughs> um, uh, you know, because some people are you know that and that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. And if you could get Caitlin Long on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you could get her to talk to you. Um, I'm not saying that she, you know, she's not like, she's too good. I just mean, she's, you know, she's very busy, I'm sure. And she's probably being inundated by interview requests, but I mean, she is by far, not by far, but anyway, as far as I can see, she's the smartest person in DeFi and in, in the financial side of things, when it comes to crypto, she has a very forward understanding of things. She's building a really, um, incredible infrastructure at Custodia Bank in Wyoming. She has, you know, very clear vision. Um, and, and if, yeah, if you could get her to talk about, that stuff i think your listeners would love that because she, like i said she's just awesome. and she's very she's very charming and funny and you know she's you know she's lovely yeah. so um Good. Uh, unlike me no, i'm just kidding um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but i appreciate your time today and i'm sorry that i got long-winded about- no 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 it, like i said i really appreciate all of your answers it was very very interesting so no honestly thank you so much for for taking your time well thank you Good talk to you If you liked today's episode, please rate, follow, or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you really like our content, join our Discord community, where there's always good conversation, exciting news, and live AMAs. Thanks for listening.